Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes, good morning. A bit of Rio Netsky to get you going on your Tuesday morning, 24th of January, day two. Official day two for Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, SCNZ. It's great to be back on the airways. The team, we're here and we're ready to rip into a big day of sport. Tony Kemp up there singing out, guns are shining, showing. Jeez, Kempe, <laughs> you've been working out? Mate, working out on the lawnmowers and the whipper snippers and all that over the Christmas <laughs> period is about the only thing I've been doing. It's been, uh, yeah, mate, it's been warm up here. Man, it was a warm night last night. Mike up this morning, jumped out of the shower, and uh, yep, the old sweat glands are working. At least uh, it's a late summer. <laughs> it's a late summer coming through. I was saying to someone yesterday, is I think February's going to be a very, very hot month. Think, oh, uh, you haven't done it, late. have you? No. Don't. <laughs> You put the mocker on it, Kempe. Oh, I don't think we can get him Anything. in the rain, surely. Anything can be wor- uh, better than January. Oh, January is a horrible month. She's cloudy and overcast down here in Tam- uh, Otatahi Christchurch. So hopefully you can send some of that sunshine down, brother. But um, I'll just give you a quick run through what we got today. Tennis. We're going to be talking some tennis because Novak, the Joker, has continued on. He stormed on through Alex de Menure. The Australian, they've still got a 47-year drought for success at the Australian Open. So Alex, not meant to be. But speaking of Alex, we're Alex Gruskin out of the United States coming on the show to talk some Aussie Open as we head into the quarterfinals. So looking forward to talking tennis. And then following that, we've got football as the Phoenix franchise has had a weekend to remember. David Dome, general manager of the club, will join us. At about 7.40 to talk about that weekend. The Phoenix getting up 2-1 over the Central Mariners. And the Phoenix women's team be winning 5-0 over Canberra United. That's an absolute hiding. So hopefully they can take some confidence out of that. And then after, right? Oh, can't believe we're doing this. But we're going to be talking Black Clash and Black Caps with my nemesis, the one and only Kyle Mills who was swinging at about 300 metres from left to right. He got me out. Well, if we want to talk about the Black Caps, bowling woes. There's a lot of apprehension regarding the Black, Black Caps bowling. Smithy's sermon yesterday, if you missed it, head over and have a listen on Smithy's uh, podcast. He spoke about the desperation needed from the Black Caps 
to do anything possible to get Trent Bolt back because the bowling ranks are pretty limited at the moment from what we're seeing. So maybe Kyle Mills will have something to say about that. Double eight, double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Anytime. We love having your input throughout the show. And 0800 150 on the Kennards High phone line. Give us a call. We want to hear your voice. And 640, another chance to take on the Quizmaster. She's a toughie. Oh, it's always a toughie on this show. A Daryl toughie for you, in fact. So looking forward to that later on this morning. But just quickly, this man is back. He's back from taking on the punt gods, but the punt gods got one over them over the weekend. Tough old weekend. Louis Herman, what? Happy New Year. How you doing, bud? Yeah, good, Diggy. Yeah, the, it's funny. Um, I... <laughs> this I spent so much for, time doing form for Saturday, and if I wasn't punting all day, I probably would have been all right because there was a couple of bets that I would have would have just been able to cash and walk away. But this is the thing we love it so much, and Karaka Million, it was such a good day, and so I ended up bottoming out personally, and then ended up um, <laughs> making my money back at the blackjack table that night. So isn't it funny how the, how the, oh. how the world works? You spend all your time doing form, and then you go sit down at some table and you get you're on a hot streak for about seven minutes total, and you make all your money back. That's so. It was a pretty classic uh, victim, oh. victims of the punt story, but uh, it was good. It's good to be back, boys. Um, great to have you here, and yeah, Kempi just. You always forget how intimidating his arms are until you see them staring at you. <laughs> Breaking out some new oh, to this year. Boys, uh, <laughs> need a few. Need a few going through them. Um, yeah, mate, Louis the Punt. It's, uh, I had a really quiet Christmas time. Uh, just want a big shout-out to the boys down at the Gap today. Alan Sherrick's got three running in Wellington this week. South Road, Waisaki, and Ladies' Man. And I was talking to someone yesterday. What's the gravy, Kempe? I'll, I'll tell you what, he'll tell us himself on Thursday. He's coming up to Auckland on Wednesday, actually. Mm. Look at the yearlings at the Karaka sales because um, he hasn't got around and been able to have a look at it. He's been so busy down there. He's got quite a few in training at the moment. Um, he's got He's been handed a couple too from some very good owners over this uh, Christmas period. So uh, I think this Wellington Cup this weekend, personally, I think Alan Shark owns it. Oh. There you go, a bit of gravy from Tony Kemp. If anyone knows, it's Kempy. Al Shake Sherrock, the Trent and Wellington Cup, getting the job done. Mate, he's been on fire, Kempy. He has been on fire as of late. To have attack over the weekend, I can't believe I didn't. Well, I can believe it because I've put a limit on myself, Dag, and you lost your first leg. So it was watch the TV and, <laughs> and uh, have a wee what-if moment. Um, but, mate, he's been on fire, Sh- the Shake. Yeah, I said, look, I spent some time down there just to, like, not a hell of a lot changes in that life for him. You know, like, he's a, he loves, he's, you know, he, even threw, he even threw the sentence out. Like, I just love being on the farm, you know, like, he's out haymaking and um, I walked in one night, one afternoon, and he was out feeding up on his own, you know, he's putting his little mixtures together for his horses. And he's just got this um, preparation that he goes through religiously to prepare his horses. 
uh, and he and he'll throw out comments up at the gap. I love going home and up at the gap in New Plymouth. It, it's just a just past the finish line up there. There's a little hut where all the boys go. You know, you've got Jacko up there. He's the, the basically the groundsman breaks all the horses in, um, and all the trainers sit in there and they just talk horses all the morning. You're watching these horses go past, and you just pick up these one liners from them. And you you know, Janelle Miller was up there, um, the Taranaki crew and CD, and you're just listening to them what they're talking about. And you, I tell you what, if you are a punter and you can get up to places like that to listen to what the trainers are saying, you know, that's where the form's done. Oh, I'm glad, thank goodness I wasn't there, Kempi, because it'll be a <laughs> tough old weekend, well, that, mate. I don't think anyone could have predicted what happened on the weekend, unless you were just a diehard fan of those stables. There were some uh, surprises out there, particularly with Pro S getting the one over. Warren Kennedy... How good that James Wildwood. Oh, stable. Nine dollars. Nine bucks. And the worst one about that is over in Australia, they had the, the Gold Coast Millions and Fashion. Okay, was it Fashion Shoot? Yeah, I think it was Fashion Shoot. With Josh Parr. Well, Josh Parr was over here for the Record and Race Week. I played golf with Josh Parr, and Josh Parr won the $2 million race over in Australia. And I had a look at it. When it's last three, and I was thinking, it's paying 25 bucks. And I was like, oh. Will it? Nah, no chance. Well, it steamed home and got one over them over there. And Josh Parr winning his big race, biggest race to date. So anything could have happened over the weekend, Kempi. But punting, well, I just have to take a little side. I'll go to the side for myself. I've had a wee, wee little pep talk to myself and just going to chill out this year and enjoy the races and keep talking about it and listening to you guys. And hopefully, uh, you guys can have some success. And many of you out there. But Kempe, yesterday, big day for SENZ. Big day for SENZ. Talk to us about this partnership with the Warriors, mate. Mate, awesome news. I mean, like, uh, getting them on board as, I guess, their partner and being able to get um, inside that camp and listen and talk to players like we did last week. Me and Logs went down there at the, at the press conference, had a had a good chance to uh, chew the fat with Dylan Walker and, and Chance Nickel Crockstad, um, you know, senior players that they bought into the club and then announcing it yesterday on SCNZ that they're a partner, big news for us. You know, like we do commentary uh, of all their games. We also, you know, run the running a straight. We got more more access to them. So I think it's really good, mate. It's, and rugby league in this country too. As you've got to remember, aside from the All Blacks, everyone loves Warriors. So, you know, you want to listen a bit to find out some stuff about the Warriors? Well, guess what? She's all over SCNZ with the Warriors this year. So, so you're obviously doing Run It, run it Straight, your, your Wednesday uh, you know, show that you do, and it's a fantastic show. But th- will this give you just real exclusive access to the players? Like yesterday, Cam George and Andrew McFadden went into the studio with Kirsty and, and, and made this huge announcement. But, like, you know, just speak to us about the, the kind of detail and access that we're going to get to these these teams, or this team, the Warriors. Well, to, to give it some light, I guess it's like uh, New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing. You know, it's a, the partnership with the TAB. There's the similar similar um, type access as we have with the trainers and bits and pieces like that is around the Warriors. Like Cam George coming in yesterday with Andrew McFadden into the afternoon run home show, show with uh, Beaven Kirst. You know, you, you're going to be able to get access to players, to the CEO, to coaches, 
uh, to talk on you know our shows, the breakfast show and, and the likes, but also on our rugby league show, um, running it straight and and the commentary. So I think it's um, you know just reviewing some of the, that content that we got last week. It's being able to sit down and, and really ask those questions that our our listeners want to hear. You know, and and not being afraid to ask them, you know, and as we know with myself, uh, is it's I've always always put out those questions out there into that domain, um, which is not going to change. We just need to make sure that we can continually get that access uh, all year, even when I guess they're going not so well, but even when they are going well. Um, and at the moment, I think with Cam and, and Andrew McFadden coming in yesterday, it was a really good start for SCNZ just to get underneath the, I guess, the, the, the radar of the Warriors to see how they're actually tracking. And there's lots of talk coming out of the, out of the um, club at the moment. You know, they're fit, they're lean, Johnson's got a six-pack. You know, they they're looking for a front rower. It's you know, there's all this good talk about the off season. In three weeks' time, 9th of February, well, they kick off. And I reckon I was saying last week, you know, like it's going to be so hot. We are we are actually going to see whether or not they're going to hit the ground um, and perform this year. Because one one thing that uh, Webby's trying to do is he's trying to get the match fit by by training like they're playing. And we'll see whether or not he's uh, he's seeded that um, over the off season. Uh, the, the the query for me, and I think it's across the competition, is the top teams that have so many players that went to the World Cup. How do they perform? Because Chance Nickel Clockstead's only been back at training two weeks. But if you, you go over to Penrith, well, they had 20, 20 odd players that played through the World Cup through their squad. Um, so how does that affect? The competition in 2023. I mean, it's going to be a it's going to be a barnstorming season for the uh, NRL. Um, but there's lots going on. I wanted to on talk to Kyle Mills about that today when we talked to him around the CBA and rugby league. You know, because he's had lots lots to do with that in cricket. Um, what his thoughts are on that at the moment? Because there's talk of a strike happening in the NRL. Yeah. Um, and that's you know, mate, at this time of year, that's the last thing you want to hear. Because if they go on strike. Um, Mate, on top of the World Cup, and they don't train, and and all of a sudden this competition, mate. We'll, we'll be watching the TAB. We'll see where the odds go to. It'd be well, all over the place. What's your take on that, Kimpy? Like uh, click the bargain bargaining agreement. Obviously, uh, money on either sides, and we know the money that the NRL are, are gaining from the broadcast deal. There's plenty of it out there. Do they have a fair case? The players, hundred percent, one hundred percent. So, and they've had a fair case for a number of years. You know, it's just that they've finally found a voice. Personally, I don't think that voice is, um, there's not enough equity in that voice. You know, it's run out of Australia. We've got to, a team in New Zealand. Um, we should have a Pacific, um, a massive Pacific uh, association as well, because that's where the game is, um, predominantly um, played throughout the, the NRL. And, and I think that players do have a, have a say in, in the split. And where it goes, and you know, there's a real interesting post on Joe Nullivelle, if you remember, played with the Warriors, went to Penrith, um, finished up in Manly, talking about players' post career of rugby league, you know, and how he wakes up every day with some type of pain in his body, and there is nothing that has been, um, I guess, that trickles down from the the NRL to those players post post their football. It's not a just, a, you know, this is the, the point that I want to make. It's just not about players playing football. 
at that time. You know, we're talking kids coming in, education going through it, and and the big one for me is post career. Um, where, where does that go, and how does that look like? So, uh, it's not going to be fixed overnight. Is he? He's a very smart man, yep. Valandis. Um, don't get me yep, wrong. Yep. He's a very smart man. So uh, I think there's still a lot to play. You know, listen to Clint, um, Clint Newton, um, Jack Newton's son, actually, the great golfer, who's the, the boss of the, the Players Association of Rugby League. Um, it doesn't look like he's going to back down. So, um, yeah, interesting space at the moment. They po- they could possibly find themselves, the NRL, in a, in a position like the NFL where players in the NBA, where the players actually are going to walk. Yeah, well, that's what I was just going to allude to. This is American-style stance from the NRL, and it's a changing of the guard. Long time have we seen these franchises, owners, uh, the CEOs from the top holding all the power, but let's be honest, without the players, there is no product. There is no product. So hopefully it doesn't eventuate. We don't get to that solution uh, situation where there is no NRL, and they've made that stance, but you're dead right, Melandis. He'll be right over it, and he won't give much away going forward. If you've just tuned us, tuned in, and, and you've missed a few things, we've uh, had a huge announcement yesterday. SCNZ is the prime media partner with the uh, the One Warriors, and uh, you'll be getting exclusive access live here on SCNZ. And if you've missed it, Kempi actually went to the – wow, he went – Went along to training into their media session and he got a few interviews, Kempi. Great little interviewing session there with Tamari Martin, Dylan Walker, and there was one else. Who else did you, who else did you get? Chance, Nicole Clockstead. Yeah, Chance, Nicole Clockstead. And you can go watch that on our SCNZ uh, apps and you can have a little lock on the social media, everything that you choose or you go and look at uh, SCNZ um, media coverage. It's all over there, and we can't wait to share that with you, exclusive with <laughs> Uncle Kemp. Hopefully they give you the gravy, Kempy, and uh, uh, hopefully they don't get a bit hurt when you tee off on them a few, few times, <laughs> you I'll and Joe you, from I'll Gizzy. tell you what, you, 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 you will laugh at this one. The only person that teed off me, you know, like I was expecting it, I walked into the, walked into the training session, and yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I put my big boy pants on, I know there's a few people that I've upset over the years, and... Um, you know, when, when Rube said, you know, go down and do the interviews, yeah, oh, sweet as, man, no worries at all. I'll be, I'll be down there. What time get down there? Only Blake that teed off at me was uh, the gear man. <laughs> Laurie, Laurie, I walked in and Laurie Did walked Did you steal up. all the gear, mate? Mate, well, you, well you're going to be nice. You're going to be nice like this. And I said, come on, Laurie, don't be like that, mate. Get back on those water bottles. All right, I'll be, I'll be fine. Um, but the, the boys are fine, mate. You know, they're they're professionals. They're you know they're uh, they know they got to do, do a job and um, you know thank for that access last week. What a what a you know, what a tee off the first one. You know, with the three uh, three big signings, Chance, uh, Dylan Walker, and Tomorrow Martin. I, like I said to you yesterday, surprised at the size of Tomorrow Martin. Um, real happy with him in the sixth jersey. Dylan Walker, mate, will be key this year. And uh, I, I did ask Chance Nickel Clockstead about the body. I've got concerns about whether or not he can make it through the season. Um, he's going to be key too, you know. Like if we can keep him on the field in the number one jersey, then they're not going to have to rotate too many players around. So uh, interesting times coming up for the Warriors. I still think there's a couple of signings to come, so we'll, we'll hopefully be on top of that as well. Beautiful. Watch this space. The One Warriors, prime partner, media partners, with us here on SCNZ. It's 21 past six, and it's time for Louie to give us our Can't Wait Question of the Day. Can't Wait Question of the Day. 
Right, fellas, I'll be very, very quick for you. Uh, I just I need to know your thoughts on this because we're only a week on. One week ago, Rugby Australia thought Dave Rennie was the problem and Eddie Jones was the answer. 0800 <laughs> The Kenard Tire phone line's there for you. The Temper Bear Post text machine is double eight double three. Izzy, Kempe, you, <laughs> everyone. What is actually the biggest problem for the Wallabies? One week on, you've had a week to think about it. I know, it feels like about a year ago, but that's what I want to know. Izzy, what is the actual biggest mm. problem from the Wallabies? I craved your opinion when I heard all this last week. I was very curious to know what your take on it was. Uh, my take right now, mm, I just don't think they have any leadership at the top, if I'm going to be completely honest. I think that McLennan needs to go. He's... Some of his outrageous, outlandish calls over the last couple of year, uh, uh, last year, has been something that's just mind blowing and mind boggling. And I've heard rumours about the situation and uh, the way that they went about this um, recruiting of Eddie Jones and what they did to Dave Rennie. And it's just not normal, and it's 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 really unfair. Look, I can understand that they want to go in a direction and they want to go to um, get in Australia at the helm, but. The way they went about it, it's just inhumane, I feel. And I, I just think, uh, and like Beaver said the other day, I've been harping on about this. They just don't have the depth in, mm. in Australian rugby. The top, the 22 to 23, they're solid, and they can probably potentially go on to a semi-final and, and push on, but they won't win it with, with the current depth that they've got. So they really need to dig into a bit. You find a bit more depth. Around um, around Australia, they need to dig into the league depth because they've got plenty and try and encourage these players. And if anyone can, he's done it with Lottie Takiri and Wendell Saylor, Eddie Jones, um, he's your man. But right now they've got no depth and I don't think that they're lacking leadership at the top. It's it's really interesting to listen to that, that conversation of yours is because it, it's exactly for me what the issue is. It, it's like the New Zealand Rugby League and, they, and their fight with the NRL. You know, we don't have enough depth in New Zealand. <laughs> To play, even put teams together to play in a competition, um, and when we get to the Kiwis, we're the same. We've got solid, solid base, and we just haven't got the depth. Um, and on, and for me, the biggest problem they have, they got no depth, and they will, they will tap into rugby league talent. Eddie Jones has made that clear. He's, I think last week threw out a threw out a question to Volandis um, about coming over, coming over and taking some of his players. So. Uh, the leadership and all that sort of stuff, I think that's always always an issue at a number of organisations. But if they are to kick on and Eddie Jones is to make, you know, um, good on this another mega five-year deal that he seems to, seems to be able to secure, um, it's going to be around who he can sign from the NRL. Beautiful. Beautiful, Kempe. Appreciate your answer. And if any of you out there have got an answer for that as well, give us a text, double eight. Double three on the temper bedpost text machine. Can't wait, Christian. Well, you got our answer. We've been away while all this has been unfolding, and I've been sitting at home just stewing on it, and uh, I can't believe what they've done to our man Dave Rennie, who had the buy-in from staff and players. The environment has never been any better, the rumours I'm hearing. So uh, let's wait and see if Eddie, how many assistant coaches he can go through in the next... Uh, I reckon TAB could do some odds on that. Dan McKellar, former Brumbies head coach. Oh, I think he'll be shivering in his beard right now, <laughs> knowing what Eddie Jones has done over in England and the amount of tackle he's been through over the last couple of years. Anyway, we'll shoot off and uh, we'll come back and we'll talk more sport.
Yes, welcome back. It's 24th of January, 6.30 here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. We're talking Dave Rennie, Eddie Jones. Well, coming up, we're going to get our reaction because there's plenty happening in the Super Rugby ranks. Highlanders, new signing, Freddie Burns. He's played 100 games for Gloucester, over 100 games. He's played over 100 games for Leicester Tigers. He's a five-capped England international, and he's making his way south to try and batten up the ranks down there in the 10 position. They've got plenty. Marty Banks, Mitch Hunt, Cam Miller. Cam Miller. I hope Freddie doesn't come over and take over the role for Cam Miller. I've got big raps on young Cam, and hopefully he can get his chance out there. He will, no doubt, from uh, the Hollanders. So we'll be talking a bit more about that. Pablo Matera, he's obviously come over from international duties and played for the Crusaders. So there's a wee bit of changing of... The guard here in New Zealand, they're allowing international players to come over. We'll get Kempi's reaction, my reaction, and what do we want to see. If there's any player out there that you'd love to see donning a Super Rugby jersey, let us know. Double eight, double three. Anyone. Who would it be? Sunny Bill. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. <laughs> Building and shaping the future. SCNZ, you're 25 minutes away from 7 o'clock. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Oh, so good to have the lads back on the airwaves. A couple of sports headlines before I handball it back. At Bunnings Trade, helping business is our trade. We're here to make your job easier because helping business is your trade. As Aroha said, the Aussie Open is heating up. Today, the quarterfinal set. Kashinov quarter, then Sitsivas Leheka, and tomorrow... Rublev Djokovic, that is the headline, the marquee for me. And the young Americans, Ben Shelton and Tommy Paul. Here's Ben Shelton talking about, well, not wanting to play tennis because his dad was a professional tennis player. No, uh, for the first 12 or 13 years of my life, I swore that I would never play tennis. Um, That was my dad's thing and I was going to let him have it. But yeah, I kind of fell in love with the sport and uh, here we are. So hopefully I can make a career out of it. Just like that, it is so funny how that happens. The old father-son rule, well, he's going pretty good. He is going really, really good. Uh, on the cricket tonight, the Black Caps face a dead rubber, dead rubber proposition against India, 9pm. Now, the Black Caps top order are in desperate need of some runs, big time. Big time, big time. They've been propped up by Michael Bracewell and those lower middle order batsmen. So that's this evening. Uh, They are no longer the number one ODI side in the world, by the way. Yep, that's right. After losing those first two. So that is disappointing. And and I know that's a a record that they absolutely love. And as Izzy pointed out, Freddie Burns, well, he's back. He's back and (laughs) he has come back. He's 32, Freddie Burns. I can't believe how long he's been around for Izzy, but... He, as you pointed out, he's played international football. I think it's a really smart signing by the Highlanders. So Highlanders, the first Super Rugby team this year to really make a splash. Mate, it's big news, big news, and it just just shows what what's happening now around these Super Rugby teams. And that has always been the case when they lost Lima Sapwanga, and Mitch Hunt probably hasn't gone there and done what they needed to do over the last couple of years. Marty Banks is. Marty Banks is solid, getting on, but um, they've struggled in that 10 ranks. Cam Miller, I've touched on it briefly, but I've got big raps on this young kid. I actually think he can go on and have a really success. What I've seen in the Otago ranks, and particularly 
in the age grade ranks is yeah, something that's really impressed me and, and something that I need. So hopefully Freddie Burns can give him that experience, um, you know, get around him, share his kind of, you know, what he's been through over the last couple of years, the situations he's been in, and, and really encourage this young Campbell. I think he's, he's the light for, for the Highlands going forward. But it just really shows, Kempe, that kind of what, what these teams are doing, like Pablo Matera and Enzira allowing Pablo to come over and what his impact on that Crusaders outfit was phenomenal. So is this going to be the same with Freddie Burns? And what I'm hearing out of the Highlands is, is they are training the house down. And it's just quite surprising. That has been their mantra for the last few years. They've always been the little brother. They've always told the players that no one respects us, no one thinks we're good enough to be here. So their kind of philosophy, train harder. They're training Saturdays, Sundays, working extremely hard and uh, looking for some something to have a better year this year. So, yeah, it's interesting. Freddie Burns, anyone else, Kempe, that you'd think could come over and, and have another crack? And also, the new rules out of, out of England, waist-height tackle. Sonny mm. Bull's already put his head in the ring and said, come on, I'm back, the offload king, just really opening up the game. So there's a lot of changes happening. Well, and we, we heard that too from NZR um, last year that – they are changing the tackle height over here, especially at club football. What sort of effect does that have? Um, you know, it's really interesting. On the opinion piece on on um, young Burns coming over in five eight, saying that we haven't got the depth in the, our five eight ranks, is absolute. You know, not correct. I think I think the 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 good part of this for me is opening up the Montero and and the Burns coming over, the opportunity for Kiwi guys to come back to play. You know what I mean? Where they have taken the Charles Peartels, the opportunity to go overseas and, and make some money and given up on that all-black jersey. I think once you open up an avenue for players to come back to New Zealand, and at the moment we're seeing um, internationals from other, other countries coming back, I think the natural progression is, a, and I think New Zealand needs this, is seeing it come back the other way where players that are leaving know that they can come back to New Zealand and play. Now, it doesn't mean that they're playing their competition here. It means that they can play their all-black games here. So do is this the start of opening up the, I guess, the selection for all-blacks for our players that are actually playing overseas? Do you think, oh, this is, I haven't really asked you this question at all, do you think we could name a 15 overseas that would compete in the international in the international game? Uh, yeah, I, I think the overseas market's quite strong at the moment. You're seeing that with international level, so I definitely think that I could see an international team competing at an international level for sure. You look at England and Ireland and and uh, Scotland, even Scotland on their day are flying. France probably going into this World Cup as as World Cup favourites. Um, so I can definitely see that happening for sure. And, and seeing it eventuating. But it's interesting you said that about uh, the 10 position. We're losing Richie Moonga. Mochiwanga's going to Japan next year. That's going to be a big dent in our 10 ranks. you got Hurricanes who are struggling to find a 10. you got the Chiefs who have had solid players um, but still haven't found that player that can continue on and, and chase that title success. So Freddie Burns making the move south, and he's going to uh, be a welcome uh, asset for that Highlanders team. Coming up, we've got Quizzy Dag, your chance to get in and win yourself a chance. I'll give yourself a chance to win $50 TAB bonus beat.
courtesy of the team at the tab. How good would that be right now for me? It'll be absolutely perfect. So come on, 0800-150-811 to take on the Quizmaster. 0800-150-811. Now give us a call. It ain't too late to get into Quizzy Dag. It is still time. Or well, someone that gave us a call straight off the bat was my enemy, Brad from Dunedin, <laughs> who loves just sticking it into Dagger about the Black Clash. Well, there you go. You forced me to retire, Brad. Morning to you, brother. Oh, I was going to say uh, good morning, Treadmill, but I feel a bit mean now. <laughs> now you're all oh, good, brother. It's all good. Now we're good. Good to be back, mate. Good to be back and on the airways talking sport. How you doing, mate? You had a good summer? Oh, no days off for me, mate. Grass keeps growing. So, uh, yeah, just work through. Beautiful, mate. We need more people in our lives like yourself. Here we go, Brady. Good luck. Question number one. Erling Haaland has gone on and scored yet another hat-trick against the Wolves, making this his fourth hat-trick of the season. How many goals has he scored in his 19 EPL games? Uh, 24. I think it's 25, but it might have been before the hat-trick. 25? 25 is correct. Well done. Remember, you got phone a friend from uncle. Here we go. Question number two. Which team is currently leading the Eastern Conference of the NBA with 35 wins and 12 losses this season? Oh. Three, two, one. Celtic? Need none. <laughs> Celtics is correct. Well I'll done. I was thinking of the Nets because of that ridiculous run they had, but. Um, oh. no, the the loss. The loss of Durant, oh, it's gonna, it's gonna impact them for sure. Question number three: What is the Undertaker's finishing move in the WWE? Oh, this is good. Uh, the only one that comes to mind Four. is a Tombstone Pile Driver. <laughs> tombstone Pile Driver is correct. If you get this one, I'll give you an extra bonus point. What is mankind's? Hey? <laughs> what is mankind's finishing move? <laughs> Absolutely no idea. <laughs> the mandible claw. There you go. Question <laughs> number four. Which team is Richie Moonga going to play for in Japan on Big Bucks? Oh. Four. Three. Two. One. Uh, Kobe. Obey is incorrect. Sorry, Brad. Have a good day, mate. Appreciate your call. Jade from Hamilton. Morning. Morning, boys. How are we? Morena. Good, thank you. Good, thank you. Which team is Richie Moonga going to play for in Japan? Toshiba. Toshiba is correct. Question number five. What pick in the NFL draft was San Francisco quarterback Brock Purdy? Ooh. Who's it? Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Five. Can I get a clue on that one, Oh, somewhere between yes. 250, 260. 
255 is incorrect. Sorry, Jane. Have a good day. We're going to go to Josh from the beautiful sunny Napier. Morning, Josh. Morning, fellas. How are we? Good, thank you, buddy. How's the bay, mate? Just quickly. Sunny? Yeah, no, not too bad this morning. Yeah, like we had that horrible weather too, so nah, nice to see a bit of, well, bluish skies, I guess. Beautiful, mate. What pick in the NFL draft for San Francisco quarterback Brock Purdy? Uh, I think I said something on the other day. Um, I think it was the last pick. Yeah, I need number <laughs> <laughs> the last pick of how many? Well, well, 260 then, I'll guess. 260 is incorrect. Sorry, Josh. Have a good day. Brenton from Auckland. Morning. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. Need it quickly. What pick was Josh Brock Purdy? Oh, it was a bit high. 262, I think. 262 is incorrect, sorry. John from Christchurch. <laughs> I'll just go 259. 259. <laughs> Congratulations, mate. Uh, uh, TAB. You just got to pick your time. And John from Christchurch, it's always fitting. He gets it right. 259 is correct. So 59 TAB bonus bet coming your way. That was Quizzy Dag. Yes, welcome back. A wee bit of controversy there regarding Quizzy Dag, but hey, 259, 262, same, same. Love racing update, Louie. How we going? Yeah, some of my dodgy math there, Brenton. We'll give you a um, we'll give you priority slot tomorrow. How's that? Uh, <laughs> ah, yes, the Grand Tour of Racing Festival is coming to you. It was there in the weekend, and this weekend is it's Wellington Cup. Kempi's right. Al Sharrick's mm. got a mortgage on the Wellington Cup. He's had ladies man set for this race for. Honestly, as long as I've been alive. Um, and then there's Waisaki, the defending champ, and then there's Southroad, and then he's going to come up here and he's going to buy a bunch of yearlings, and we're all going to take a share, and then we're going to win the Wellington Cup in about four years' time because that's what the Sheikh Shirok does. He wins races. Loveracing.nz. Thorndon Mile Wellington Cup this weekend. It's going to be a ripper, Daggy. Waisaki no holo. Oh, how good is that? The Sheikh Sharok. Appreciate it, Louis. Yeah, you did right. He's got his hand all over that Wellington Cup. Appreciate it. Coming up, we're going to talk to Alex Gruskin regarding the Australian Open. All things tennis here on SCNZ. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Building and shaping the future. Welcome back. Izzy Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ, 24th of Jan. It's just after 7 o'clock. couple of messages coming through on the Temper Bed Post text machine. We touched on it earlier in the show. Freddie Burns coming over. The Landers, they've signed a marquee 10 to, well, hopefully fill the void that Lima Sapuanga has left there at the Highlanders. And we asked you, is there anyone that you'd love to see? And this is a good one for you, Kempi, before we get off and talk some tennis. If I was in charge at the NZRU, I'll be throwing all the money at Matt Burden. Has the size, defence and kicking game to be a great 10 in my opinion. That is from Dale, the Bulldogs and New South Wales, New South Wales Origins player, Matt Burden. Thoughts? Mate, they'd have to pay plenty. You know, he's been, he's been signed as uh, the player to take them to a final. Matt Burden out of, out of Penrith and... 
yeah, you're not you're not wrong, Dale. The kid has got the talent and especially the kick to to go into rugby and uh, and do a job at ten. Um, not not surprising. I I don't look. I I think um, Eddie Jones will have a crack at him. To be honest, is he? I think Eddie Jones will definitely have a crack at him. I think he'll definitely have a crack at Swali as well from Sydney City. You reckon? Yeah, hundred percent. Look, they tried. They tried hard at the start to try and get Joseph Swali to. To, to make his decision playing rugby, I don't think he'd do a U-turn right now, knowing what he's been able to achieve in the game NRL already. He hasn't achieved much, let's be completely honest. Yeah, hasn't hasn't achieved much yet, but will be one of the greatest. So um, I think it comes down to it'll come down to dollars and cents for Suwali. His manager already wants fullback him playing, uh, being paid fullback type money. I reckon the ARU uh, will offer him that type of money. Beautiful, mate. It'll be interesting to see what Eddie Jones can do for Australian rugby going forward. But right now, we're going to talk tennis. The tennis has been hot across the ditch as the Australian Open starts to get serious into week two. The quarterfinals pitcher is set, and while Novak Djokovic booked his ticket to the final eight with nothing more than a canter beating Aussie Alex de Minure in straight sets, it's the American contingent who are still enjoying a fast start to the year there are four American-based athletes across the men's and women's quarterfinals and our US-based tennis correspondent and host of Cracked Rackets podcast, Alex Gruskin, will be all over this. How's it going, Alex? Oh, it is delightful to be back. Things are getting <laughs> hot. It's a hot start for the Australian Open. Hot start for me. Two call-ups to the tennis correspondent in January. I am flattered, my guys. It is great to be back. Oh, we appreciate your time as always, Alex. And we, you spoke on SNZ not so long ago, and you talked about the American tennis players that are playing in the USO, but you've got a pretty hot quarterfinal coming up. Shelton, Ben Shelton and Tommy Paul taking place, uh, taking uh, center stage there at Rod Laver not too uh, long, well, in a couple of days' time, mate. You must be a pretty proud American right now. I don't know if you guys are big into the TV show Game of Thrones, but this, you know, in that show, <laughs> there was the prince or princess that was promised. For us, these are the American men that were promised for oh so long. And so many of them were top juniors in the world. They won junior slam championships. You look at Tommy Paul, who's still alive in the quarterfinals. He's a former junior French Open champion. You have a guy in Ben Shelton, who's a former NCAA singles champion. And yeah, again, it's a good news. The good news is this is a radio show because I have been in my birthday suit celebrating for the past five days. <laughs> hey, Alex, today we see Sebastian Corda and Jessica Pagula go to work on the men's and women's side, respectively. Talk us through that. What do they need to progress uh, today? Well, the amazing thing with Jessica Pagula, and I'm stealing this joke from Twitter because she laughed at it. Some of your listeners may not know Jessica Pagula's family, rather wealthy. They own the Buffalo Bills. Jessica Pagula is playing like they're going to raise the income tax here in America over the course of the next six months. It's as though she's like, nope, I'm not getting any inheritance. I got to do it on my own. She has been on absolute fire throughout the course of these first three weeks of the season. And, you know, now with top seed Iga Sviantek eliminated with, you know, really not a ton of experience left in the women's draw. She is absolutely one of the biggest contenders on the women's side. On the men's side, I mean, 
it would help if he didn't have the pretty eyes, the perfect hair, the beautiful bone structure. But Sebi Korda has become the face very slowly of American men's tennis. And, you know, obviously he comes from a family dynasty. His parents were each successful tennis players, his sisters, some of the best golfers in the world. You know, he's the ugly runt of the family. They're like, oh, that's cute. You're 14 in the world. Talk to us when you do something serious. Well, he has started to do something serious. And I think he's put the whole world on notice with his first month of this season. Mate, when you look ahead, you've got Tits Pass, you've got um, you know, the Joker continuing on in his form. You know, not too long ago, it was the first time, I think, ever that the top seeds have been bundled out in either the men's and the women's uh, uh, sides of the draw. So... Can you still see an American lifting the trophy come the end of it, knowing that those two quality tennis players are still in the tournament? Do they have to lift the champion's trophy? Can they be lifting a different mm. trophy? Like, you know, they give them one of those big <laughs> checks. Like, they're like, congratulations, you came in third. Um, no, I mean... It's really hard on the men's side to see anyone beating Novak Djokovic. And, you know, this is a guy who's won the Australian Open nine times. This is a guy who had a hamstring injury. And then last night against one of the more full players on tour in Alex Diemenauer, he beats him in straight sets in under two hours. And the hamstring looked just fine. He was doing it. You know, anytime a human can perform the splits, you're like, all right, he's probably not injured. And Djokovic <laughs> whipped out the splits multiple times last night. And a healthy Djokovic is still who the men's draw goes through. That said, I think the most fascinating part is he's going to have a new challenger. And, you know, that's something we've been waiting for for a long time as tennis fans. Hey, Alex, talk us through the mind games of the older blokes and not the uh, Djokovic's, the the Raffers, you know, when, they, when they're playing these, oh, what I think are mind games on the sideline, with uh, these younger younger boys, do you think it's a tactic that we're going to see more of as they get older? Absolutely, and there's a new Netflix show called Breakpoint, which highlights oh, some of these show. players as they go through their seasons. I've very much enjoyed. It. Should we do 12 minutes on that? Um, no, but <laughs> yeah. you know, looking uh, looking through that show, Taylor Fritz, who's a top 10 American, 20 five years old, gave a fascinating quote when talking about what it's like to play Rafa. And he said, look, for me, this is the biggest match of my life. For Rafa, it's a Tuesday. And that's the case for every player when you're facing a Djokovic or a Rafa, particularly at this stage. It is the biggest match you will have played in your life. And you know, for these guys, they've been doing that for 15 years. So you see it with you know, anytime I see a top player get angry, I actually don't think they're angry. They're just trying to throw their opponents off their games. And, you know, again, who doesn't like good craftsmanship to the sport? What about this, this Andy Murray situation? Like, Matt, he has been nothing but a miracle over this tournament. And obviously he hasn't kicked on. But, mate, what a quality tournament. He must be extreme. Like, knowing, being told that you can't play ever again and coming out and taking players to five sets, having a day off, and then going to another five sets. Like, that is remarkable what Andy Murray has been able to do in the, in the last what, two weeks. No, there's the Shakira song, Hips Don't Lie, and his hips do <laughs> lie. Like, they lie a lot. You know, one of them is a mechanical hip. And for him to be mm -hmm. playing at all at this stage of his career, let alone to be playing five set matches on multiple nights, playing past 4 a.m., trying to play tennis while... 
as you saw, clearly having to go to the bathroom during that fifth set and not being allowed to do so. Uh, It's a remarkable feat for Andy. And look, the level of tennis he is playing, it's not that far off. Now, do I think he will win another major title? Probably not. Do I think he'll be able to sustain himself as a significant pro player for at least a couple more seasons? As of right now, I do. And ultimately, at this stage of his career, I think that's all he's really after. And what do you, what do you make of his comments, Andy Murray's comments, about playing through the night um, to 4 a.m. in the morning without being allowed to go to the toilet? Yeah, that's ridiculous. You know, again, they asked, what point was it? Was it 40, 30, 30 all? And he's like, yeah, thankfully it wasn't deuce. Um, That was a big thing (laughs) for Andy Murray in that moment. And, you know, I I do think there are two sides to the story. Certainly as a fan of sport, anytime you hear someone is playing past 4 a.m., you're inherently more intrigued, right? You're like, wait, he's doing he's active past 3 a.m. I have to check this out. At the same time, if you're the player, you're like, I'm, I'm sorry, do you know who I am? Like, I'm Andy Murray, and you're having me play at 3.30 a.m., and now I'm going to have to play another match in 24 hours and have no time to recover. So you understand both perspectives. You do feel like it should be easier to avoid that. Like, you know, I don't know if you guys have heard, there's this thing called math. And you feel like you could use math to try to schedule things out and be like, okay, we're going to avoid the 3 a.m. time slot. But it, it, he certainly had a point. Is there a solution to this? Can you see the lawmakers, the rulemakers making a change, what, what they saw unfold on the weekend? Like, it's not ideal. you got these kids that are, you know, they, they're the ball getters and they go out there and they run around the mm-hmm. courts and they pick up the balls for these athletes four in the morning. Like, imagine being the parents. I'd be absolutely distraught. No, it would be. I mean, it's funny because you wonder if the kids are like, oh, I'm skipping school tomorrow. Like, heck yeah. <laughs> like, here's the excuse. Like, let's go. I, like, sorry, I was ball boy for Andy Murray. Oh, OK, you can. You're fine. Um, I, I do think there will be some sort of change, whether it's starting the evening session an hour earlier. Mm-hmm. The problem is they try to alternate the men's and women's matches, which ones go first. And sometimes the men's matches being best of five, they just go over five hours and that ruins everything. I, I, I don't think they will address this specifically because it's part of a bigger problem. And much like all people, tennis likes to put off its problems. But certainly this was a very dramatic instance. So you, there might be some maybe after 2 a.m. No more ball kids. Beautiful, mate. Oh, just quickly before we let you go, one of the other two, well, the two Americans, you got Tommy Paul, Ben Shelton taking on each other in the quarterfinal. One of them's going to be tasked with taking Novak on if Novak advances. Who has the best chance in your eyes? It's a great question. I will go with Ben Shelton for two reasons. One, his serve has will eventually be elite and right now ben shelton is 20 years old but ask any tennis coach in the world what is the sort of player you would like to coach they'd say give me a tall lefty and that's exactly what ben is six foot five so explosive you never have to tell him to speed up it's just about trying to get him to slow down and learn to control all the vast weapons he possesses ben's best would pose a bigger challenge to djokovic but let the record show, Novak's not losing to either of them. 
Oh, <laughs> oh come on, mate. You've got to have some faith in your fellow Americans. you got three of them yeah. there, mate, so you've got a hell of a chance. I appreciate you coming on the show, Alex. And on that break point, I've watched it. It is so good, and I can't wait for the next season to come out. I was so gutted when Ons Jabur got knocked out earlier on in the tournament. I'm a huge fan of hers. And Berentini, oh, he's one of my favourite men's players too, mate. So appreciate your time, Alex. Always appreciate it, gentlemen. Be safe, be healthy. There he is, Alex Groskin, talking about the fellow Americans going forward and, and potentially marching on for a title they've been craving for for plenty, plenty of years now. And... Uh, well, they've got a good chance. Sebastian Corder, Kempe. I don't know if you know the, the sisters, Nelly and Jessica Corder. Mm. They have got a freakish genetic makeup of a family. They are outrageous. Jess Corder, she is just winning everything in the in the golfing uh, tour. And then you got Sebastian, who is potentially he's playing a quarterfinal. Man, they are just absolute freaks at what they do in their craft. Yeah, so good. good. How good, how good. And I guess the who was the last, like, the the last time when you had all the Americans sort of in the men's, especially in the men's ranks, um, on top? You know, Courier, was it? Courier, sorry, Courier. Courier was a wooden ascent I was thinking about. Um, was it that far back? Sampras? Yeah, Andy Roddick. Sampras, you got Roddick, you got Agassi. It's a Ooh, while ago, away. Eh? There's been a while. It's been a while. It's been dominated by the European countries for a very long time in tennis. And now the Americans have got three solid chances. Ben Shelton. Mate, I'll be watching. Have you watched this break point, Louis? No, I haven't yet, is he? Oh, go watch it, man. Go watch it. It is such a good watch. If you like the drive to survive and getting a real inside look. And I've just seen that, that Netflix are going in behind the scenes with Ireland. So you're going to get a real good in, inside look to what Ireland, the rugby team, are, uh, have been able to achieve and been able to do. So that's going to be a phenomenal watch. But break point, go and watch it. You get a real understanding of the kind of selfishness that these athletes put themselves <laughs> through. Berentini goes out with another Austra- uh, Aussie tennis player. And he's playing a game. She's been knocked out. And he tells her to go outside and talk on the phone because he's focusing on this game. And she's like, get stuff. That's such a good look. And that Taylor Fritz, he played when he won the Indian Wells uh, last year with a broken foot. And he was playing Rafa. And he went through and won it and won his first major title. So it's a real good watch. It gives you real appreciation for what goes on behind the scenes in these tennis players, what they put their bodies through. Like for playing till four in the morning mm. and then having to go do it again like Andy Murray, that that is just just ludicrous, really. And he's, and he's saying, Alex is saying he's got a, um, a hip replacement. Is that mm. what he was? Mechanical hip. Mechanical hip, Kempe. He got told, I think a couple of years ago, 2015-16 that he would never play again from an Australian surgeon he said I can fix it but you'll never play tennis again well that never would never even be in the dictionary because there's always a chance and he's proved that and proved them plenty wrong so awesome to talk some tennis it's still up and going there's plenty of quarterfinals coming up in the men's side in the women's draw and uh, it's going to be an interesting watch can anyone stop the joker 
as he chases his 23rd Grand Slam title. How good. Well, speaking of Grand Slams or body slams, Kempi off the back fence coming up. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, a real house of fragrance. The back fence with Tony Kemp. So Jacinda announced her retirement as Prime Minister last week. Izzy, and it got me thinking about the five imminent retirements on this year's sporting landscape. Wonder what those are. Okay, let's have a crack. Number one, Ian Foster. Yes, the All Blacks coach is heading closer to cashing <laughs> in his Kiwi saver. And 2023 for me is the year Fozzie decides to hang up the clipboard and call it a day with the All Blacks. The question is, will he add another World Cup title before he slippers up? Number two, interesting news coming out of the Warriors headquarters that there'll be no excuses if they don't make a run at the finals this year. And I'm picking SJ will be calling it time on his stellar career in 2023. One thing's guaranteed, miss the eight. And SJ will be sipping margaritas in the Mangawai Tavern when the comp, and he'll be trading those for champagne and probably Vegas. Yeah, boy, let's go on. <laughs> Number three, Auntie Knowles is probably thinking <laughs> it's time to pull stumps and enjoy her dameness. The best coach we have had on these shores for quite some time has every right to say 2023, it's been enough for me. I'm picking another World Cup for Auntie, and the Dame Knowles goes out on top and number four and five it's a double banger yes boys bangers for big boys will announce the retirement of two legends who have graced the courts for way too long and will finally call it quits after confirming they both have Izzy Dag knees Rafa and Andy Murray will smash their tennis rackets for the last time in 2023 bringing down the curtains on what has been a journey of the ages for tennis the fat lady singing in 2023 will be at the end for some in their sporting illustrious careers. Who else will let the hammer fall in 2023? Off the white bait shack with Steve. <laughs> 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 Off the white bait shack, eh? You got any white bait there, Kempi? Mate, I have actually. I have. I've got a, I've got a couple of pounds in the freezer from our good mate Mark that I never got through. Uh, Mate, had a good Three couple guts. of feeds, obviously, going down to Taranaki, seeing mum and uh, the Farno. they bought that out. So, yeah, what are you saying? You want a bit? Beautiful. You want a feed? I want a bit, please. Send it my way. Hey, Kempi, that's, that's not you crap. I don't know where you're going some days, <laughs> and this is left field, but I love it. Absolutely love it. Rafa Murray, I can see that happening. Their bodies are slowing down. Rafa... Not so much. I, I think he's still got a wee bit in the tank and a wee bit of drive potentially to go and, and well, just try and push Novak Djokovic for the leading all-time Grand Slam winner. Murray, I can see that happening. He just looks so sore. So sore. Sean Johnson, that's an interesting one. If, if it doesn't happen like you said, where does he go now? I know that overseas doesn't really entice him. He's got a young family. He's moved home. He's happy. But if he doesn't get the job done, whether the Warriors will keep him on. So I can potentially see that happening. No lean total. Well, what is she? What else does she have to achieve? She's done it all. She's laid the foundations for what the Silver Ferns are now, and uh, she's she's really steered steered the way. So 
How good? How good? Nolan Toro. Ian Foster. This is an interesting one, Kimpi. And I want to hear from you at home. Razor. Now, all the doors have closed on many options for the Ray. Razor Ray. Now, a lot of whispers coming out in February that they're going to do the unthinkable and announce a head coach post the World Cup. Is it Razor Ray? Jamie Joseph. He's potentially been touted as the, the person to take over with Tony Brown. You know, the partnership that they've been able to forge over the last few years and what they've been able to do with Japan rugby. Would that be an encouragement? He's done it the right way. Gone over, international level, coming back. Razor Ray still hasn't coached at international level. Let us know. Double eight, double three. Want to hear from you about these retirement, pending retirements. Kempi's got the gravy. Oh, he's just having a wee punt on it. Ian Foster retirement post it. Well, if he gets taken over, could I potentially see a job on offer for him overseas? Yeah, I could see Fozzie continuing on, whether he wants to make that move. Oh, that's his decision. But whose job is it? Razor Ray's? Jamie Joe, Leon McDonald. Leon McDonald's been a head coach for a few years now. Whether he'd go and be an Dave assistant. Rennie. Or would he have a crack? Dave Rennie coming back into the fold. There are plenty candidates that could take over that All Blacks role. Let us know. Double eight, double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Well, coming up, we're going to hear from Louis. He's got some more headlines with Kubota. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota building and shaping the future. Twenty-seven minutes away from eight AM. Here Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Right time to get some sports headlines, guys. Alongside Kubota, winner Kubota excavator with Kennard's hire, one point seven ton Kubota excavator. Kempi could use that as property up 100%. north with Kennard's hire. Visit kennardshire.co.nz then Kempi get involved tonight. The Black Caps. It's a dead rubber, but boy, oh boy, do they have a lot to play for after, well, two really unfortunate losses. One where they went deep, and then one where they did not do anything at all. Daryl Mitchell talks about what they need. I think everyone in this room knows that games of cricket like the other day happen. Um, it's the nature of the game that, um, yeah, you lose a toss, get put in on a, on a slightly challenging surface, and you can be five, not many. So, um, us as a group, we're, we're pretty level. It's something we pride ourselves on, is that we don't ride the highs too much or the lows, and we stay pretty consistent. So, yeah, no, the group's um, yeah, really excited about tomorrow and, and about not having Tim and Kane here. I think it's a great opportunity for us as a group to, to test out some new formations and, and different balances and, and give different guys experience over here in India that, that a lot of us haven't had. So, um, yeah, I think it's a great chance to help us keep building to where we want to be as a group. And, um, sure uh, once Kane and Tim are back then they'll fit in seamlessly. They need runs. Daryl Mitchell needs runs. They all need runs especially at the top of the order there without Kane there. That's tonight and Frank Lampard has been sacked as Everton manager guys. Now Everton they sit 19th in the Premier League which is quite staggering if you think about it. They are firmly in the relegation zone and they are battling for survival. How's this? 68 seasons they have been in England's top flight. 68 seasons in the Premier League and now they are in genuine threat, Izzy, so they need to work hard. And, and congratulations, mate, because your man United, although they lost to Arsenal, they are <laughs> they are back in a way. They're playing good football. 
Uh, is that the Cristiano Ronaldo kind of curse? A lot of people are alluding to his absence is why they've gone on and, you know, they've got rid of the negativity and the culture and the environment and they've actually forged on. Oh, Marcus Rashford has been playing some freakish football at the moment and they're so unlucky to go down against leading Arsenal. But, man, yeah, it's, it's good to see. It's good to see that Man United and the superstars were there in the stands watching that team back where they belong, Louis. Back where they belong. Appreciate that little headlines update, brother. Thanks so much for that. And uh, regarding the cricket, yeah, they need it. Look, this is probably going to be a super suggestion. I don't think it's a batting, even though they got bowled out for 109, the batting isn't their, their woes at the moment. I just think they just don't have enough bowlers bowlers to really pressure them at the top. We've, we've lost Trent Bolt, and yes, he's made that decision, but man, it's hurting them at the moment. And they've struggled to find that person to kick on. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see if anyone can take over the helm. Those players, those athletes, those experienced players, they're not gonna be around forever. So someone really needs to take it by the throat and, and really put some pressure on it. But we're just talking about that razor. Is is this razors to lose, Kempi? Is this and you at home? The messages are flying through. Before I thought this was razors dead set, but now it's just got a little bit interesting. Things have got a little bit interesting. The conversations, have, the, the messages have gotten quiet. And where are NZR going to go right now? It's interesting, Kimpy. Look, mm. oh, I just 100% thought it was his. But now these names are coming back up and, and putting themselves in the frame. Oh, it makes for an interesting case. Yeah. New, it's a new year and all the silence on from uh, that's kicked on from last year is deafening, mate. So you're dead right. With uh, Dave Dave Rennie coming up for, I guess, um, puts his puts his name in the hat. I think some of those names you mentioned, all of them can do it. What what the NZR are thinking? Who knows? <laughs> who who actually knows what they're thinking? So um, definitely, I think definitely raises still sitting number one. I've got a feeling he's sitting number one. So um, does he get it? Is he? Hey, you just you just don't know. You don't know what the NBA yeah. are thinking. I thought three or four months ago, yep, dead set. Right now with um, Jamie Joseph and Dave Rennie, what's happened to him and NZR with their thinking and their old, the old man's mentality, you know, the old boys club kind of situation they love running there at NZR, whether they'll make that, that staunch call to elect uh, Razor Ray, look, uh, the messages are coming through loud and clear. And here's one from here, uh, from Matt. Razor has coached the Barbars. I think they consider that a test. That is from Matt. Well, that's a that's a fair point. Yeah, he's coached a lot of international players when he was coaching the Barbars. But is that an international team? That's that's debatable. And whether he could use that uh, for a better ammo when he goes forward and potentially pushes. His case to coach the All Blacks would be an interesting one. Another one here from Brad. Would love a Razor-Rennie-Ryan combination, the, the triple R's. I'd say it would take quite a bit to lure Joseph Brown away from all that end. Yep, you've got to be on. I've heard what Jamie Joseph is on in Japan. Well, he has the keys to the country. He can do no wrong over there. And whether it's enough, coaching Japan, 
where they've got a chance of maybe knocking over one of the major teams or coaching the All Blacks where you can potentially go on and win everything. That's the situation right there. So keep those messages coming through. Double eight, double three. Is it Razor's to lose? And how would it make you feel if Razor lost the job and someone else coached the team? We'd love to hear from you. Even better, give us a call, 0800 150 Coming up, we're going to talk some football. Wellington Phoenix. Oh, they had a very successful weekend. Wellington men's team winning 2-1 over the Central Coast Mariners and the women's. Oh, they had a, a game to boot. 5-0 over Canberra United. David Doom, general manager of the franchise, will join us. Coming up. The women snatched their first Win in Wellington while the men extended their winning streak to three games. How good. To reflect on what was a weekend to remember as a club's general manager, David Dome. Good morning, David. How are you? Morning, boys. Very good, thank you. What was it like, mate? Best game day you've ever uh, you've ever experienced down there a long time, for a long time, I reckon? Oh, look, it was certainly one of the top five days for the club ever in terms of, of match day. You know, for, for the women to come out and smash Canberra 5-0... And then the boys to come yeah. along and, and do a job on Central Coast, you know, when, when Central Coast are flying at the moment. And a beautiful day, and then the fans came on the field. It was just really everything we could have asked for. You know, really, really pleased. Mate, what was the turnaround like for those players who were involved in the, in the football game, football Ferns game on Saturday, and then started for the club only 24 hours later? Yeah, look, so Natalie Lawrence, who's the coach of the women's works closely with Yipka and Clover, who's the football ferns coach, and they worked through how they were going to do that, who was going to play what, because we had quite a lot of, we had the Wednesday night game as well in Wellington, and we had about four or five of our players involved in that as well. So they, they did a good job, and you know, but a few of them actually had to back up big time on the Sunday, and, and you know, well done to them, because that's, that's not easy to do. Mate, do you, do you think... Um the the girls learn a lot from the, the the men. You know what I mean. Like the ladies playing, they got they, they've had a really tough time, um, especially with being on the road all the time. They get out and they put, put them five goals on there. Do do you think they're getting much motivation from the men's team? I think they. I mean, I know that Natalie and, and Ufi talk together um, and they discuss things. I know that happens. I certainly hope think that what's happened is that Nat's been working with the with the women now for quite some time and trying to get them to click. Um, and, and sometimes in sport, it's funny, it doesn't quite work for you. We, we've gone close on a number of occasions losing to Western United, who are streaking away with the comp. When he lost 1-0 to them over in Australia. So the, they've been close. Um, it's just a case of things clicking sometimes. And again, it, you've got to remember, it's a very new team. A lot of these players are under 20 years of age. And um, it takes a while to sort of click into pro football and what it requires and what it takes. And, and I think they're getting there now and, and lot, you know, like we saw on, on Sunday afternoon, just clicked yesterday. And, and I said to Ned after the game, look, I hope this just gives the players the confidence and, to know that they can do it. And, and Canberra aren't any mugs. They're mid-table, and you know, they took yeah. my heart. Yeah, what, what, what for you clicked for the for the women's team? 5-0 over Canberra, who are sitting sixth at the moment, and they're in last place. Oh, they'll take a hell of a lot of confidence. But game style, what, what really clicked for them? I think, you know, like I said, we're... We haven't really been towed up this year. It's just been one nil losses here. You know, a loss by a goal here and a loss by a goal there. So it wasn't defensively that it was the issue. It was just in that final third, just getting those passes to go to the feet and, and, and then finishing them off. And that was the difference on, on Sunday was the finishing. They did a great job in getting on the end of those crosses and getting on the end of the balls and, and putting them away. Betsy Hassett, who is our 
who was our, our holding midfield player, was pushed forward slightly and, and played a number 10 role instead of a 6 role. And, and I think that was a huge change. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick continues with Betsy in that role for another couple of games. Mate, do you think this is a, a recognition of the, the the complex that you've got at the moment? I was talking to Corey Jane the other day, and he said the Hurricanes are yeah. training in this fancy new facility in Upper Hutt. Talk to us about this, mate. What's at this new little fancy complex you got going on? Yeah, so we're both out there now. So we share a floor with the with the Lions and the Hurricanes. So um, um, Shannon Park is now the G, the CEO of the Lions, and and Evan Lee still with the Hurricanes, of course, and. We talk quite regularly. It's been built specifically, so well, not specifically, but part of it is that um, the Hurricanes and and the and the Lions and the Phoenix are all together. So we can we often train side side by side. They're often in the gym at the same time. We have our S and C, you know, the strength and conditioning guys talk all the time. The physios are next door to each other. One of the visions that that um, Malcolm and and Malcolm Gillies and Kevin Melville helped them to build it was that we have all these sports teams out there sharing ideas, and that's starting to happen. And you know, I've been talking to the, the, the Lions about how they did some of the things they do it, and um, all our management guys are talking to each other um, in, in, in terms of how they run their teams and how they travel. So it's really, really good. It's exciting. It's a mega development. It, it really, truly, it's $100 million worth of, of building out there, and it's literally state-of-the-art what they have there. It's, you know, they've got... They've got heat-controlled rooms. They've got allergy-controlled bikes, what bike centers. We've, we've got hot and cold pools, you know. And, and ion, I don't even know what half of this stuff is. There's some ion chamber that's supposed to help you recover. And it's, it's, I walk past this and I go, what, what the hell is that? And every time you go out there, something else has been built and changed. And I don't even know what half the stuff is. But the, 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 the physical guys are just loving it. So if you get a chance to have a look at it, go out and have a look because it is... Literally study out. There's nothing quite like it anywhere in the world, to be honest. It's it's incredible. Oh, mate, that's awesome. Yeah, Corey Jane was uh, speaking volumes of it. He said he's just unreal being able to situate out yep. there in Upper Hutt. He's an Upper Hutt man himself, so he's in 10 minutes to training. So he absolutely loves it. Just quickly before we let you go, Dave, um, the men are set to play in Palmerston Lawn this, this weekend. Uh, are there plans to take games to smaller places around Aotearoa going forward? Like, you've traditionally gone to Eden Park, uh, Sky Stadium. Is there an opportunity to go out and and get around the roots? Yeah, we'd like to. Um, we've played Christchurch a few times. We're, we're, we've played Napier a few times in New Plymouth. The reason we, we go to Palmerston this weekend, because Sky is unavailable because of each year, and we face, this, we face this issue every year, is our stadia in the summer. Eden Park's the same. They get used for concerts, right? So we have to move out and go somewhere. Palmerston North, we haven't played for about 10 years. Um, yep. But, you know, it's only, what, 90 minutes up the road from here, so a lot of our fans can travel, which is good. Uh, it's a nice little ground. But, yeah, we are looking at, you know, next year, where do we go? Do we look at some of the regional centres again? As long as we can pull a crowd, we're keen to go. We don't want to travel too much away from Wellington because Storm Wellington to be our home and our base. But it does make sense when Sky is not available that we have to go elsewhere and yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like, I'd love to go back to Christchurch again. You know, hopefully that new stadium gets built pretty quick. We can drop in there, and uh, and, uh, and other regional venues would be awesome. But yeah, yeah, it's really a case by case. Each year we look at it, we look at the draw and go, when is Sky unavailable? When do we have to go? How do we make it all fit together? It's a jigsaw puzzle because it's extremely complex when you have to factor in not only our availability stadium, because all the all the Australian stadiums they have the same problem. Uh, concerts roll in, and so. It's a nightmare to do the draw, but yeah, if we can do some of the regional venues next year, we're certainly going to look at it. 
Well, I think anywhere you go with the fan base you've created over the last year, couple of years, uh, you've got the most fanatical fans going. And I think rugby fans out there can learn a lot from the football fans. I love it. Very, very patriotic. Yeah. David Dome, General Manager of the Phoenix, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Congratulations on the successful weekend and good luck in the future, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks, boys. We yeah, appreciate it too. Well done. There he is, David Dome, General Manager, talking all things football. Coming up, I've got a wee bomb squad. Izzy's Bomb Squad. Dear athlete, isn't it great waking up daily feeling fresh, looking around at older athletes with a wry smile and a wee giggle, knowing that your body is at the start of its journey and wondering why these older athletes are putting so much time and rehab into their bodies. You're probably wondering why I'm writing this. But as I sit here in my chair struggling to get up out of my creaky seat to do the simple things in life, my mind constantly goes back to a lot of what-ifs. I'm 34 years of age and already I'm staring down the barrel of a full knee reconstruction which requires an osteotomy. That probably means nothing to you, but it's a major surgery with a total recovery time of seven to nine months. My mind continues to drift back to my career and wonders if I could have done things different. I'm writing this because I don't want people to make the same mistakes I made. I clearly remember this moment in my first year as a professional rugby player. I was 20 years of age and I would laugh and mock old athletes like Jimmy Cowan, Jason Schumark taking three hours daily to rehab their bodies and even warm up for the simplest of sessions. I was 20 so I thought I'm young, I don't need to take care of my body. I have that old Kiwi mentality, I'll be right, I'm young. This mentality continued throughout my career right to the very end, and now I'm 34, staring down the barrel of a new knee at the ripe old age of 34. I'm not writing this for the simple fact to feel sorry for me, but the simple fact that I don't want athletes to make the same mistakes. Whether you're 19 or 33 years of age, whether you're at the start or the end of your career, build good habits and continue to invest time and money into your body. Your body is everything. Don't make the same mistakes I made. I'm 34 and have to deal with this for the rest of my life. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota, building and shaping the future. Yes, welcome back, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. It's just after 8, 24th of January, day two. Izzy and Kempi for the year, and we've ripped into some tennis, a bit of football. We've been talking Razor Ray. What's he going to do? Is he going to be elected as the All Blacks coach? Many messages coming through on the text machine, double eight, double three. We'll get to those shortly. But just regarding my bomb squad, the reason I wrote that is I just don't want people, athletes out there, to make the same mistakes I made. Look, I'll be completely honest and vulnerable here. I did minimal for my body. And now I'm dealing with the repercussions of that. Going forward, like, it's it's going to be... I don't want to feel sorry, oh, poor Izzy, but I don't want people to make the same mistakes that I made. I should have put so much more time, effort, invested into my body because it is your biggest asset. And right now, my daughter over summer asked me if I could go down and pretend to be a horse, and I couldn't even go down on my knees because it was that sore. And that's... That's sad, you know, I can't even do the simplest things with my kids. So if you're listening out there, parents, you got young kids that want to be forge a career in their chosen sport, just really encourage them to, to make those uh, sacrifices and really put a lot of time 
into their body. Seven, nine-month recovery. Paul Daisy. Brad, you love just sticking it in even more, don't you? How good. But, yes, it is a long recovery, and Kempi knows this because he's had one. Um, there's options there. Uh, the options are an knee replacement osteotomy. I know you've had both, Kempi, and uh, it's tough. But, look, it's it's a big one. They've got to break my leg. If you if you can handle this, they've got to break my leg, put a wedge in it. I've got knock knee, so my knee goes in. Mm. What they're trying to do is bow-leg it, and so it takes the pressure off the outside. I've got bone on bone, and that's why I just can't run, can't do anything. So it's a huge recovery. When you break a leg, it's not weight-bearing for three to four months. I'm 34 years of age, Kempi, and I'm... No, you say, like say some sixty eight. Yeah, so some <laughs> so similar to my journey down that that knee uh, road too, mate. You know, I can only give advice on what I've had. I've I actually had a knee replacement on my left one and the mm. osteotomy in my right, which I wish I never had, mate. So I'm going to tell you, just get a knee replacement right now. Don't waste your time. It is a massive operation breaking your your. I think it's your femur. Um, yeah. Well, no, no doctor. So. Um, that's the recovery, and then just, uh, you know, there's no guarantee that it's going to work. And in my inst- instance, it didn't work and ended up having four more operations to try and get it right, mate, and it's just turned out to be an absolute mess. So, um, yeah, I'm going back in for another uh, new knee, uh, and if I'm going to give my mate some advice, just go straight for the big big, big bucks, mate. Get the knee done. Get the okay. mechanics in there. Well, maybe the advances in technology from 30 what, years in ago. 12, in 12 months. In 12 months. <laughs> cut it out. It was only last year. <laughs> okay. Love it, Kim Fee. Well, someone that's still running around like he's a spring chicken is our next guest. If you missed the breaking news yesterday, yes, it's true. I've announced my retirement. Yes, Kyle. I've announced my retirement from the Black Clash and cricket in general. And it's no thanks to this man, Kyle Mills, who took my scalp. For the very last time, Millsy is on the line with us this morning to chat all things cricket. G'day, mate. How do you feel about that? Eh? You, you made me retire. <laughs> Hello, Dagger. Mate, I actually thought it was the best you've ever moved, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's saying a lot. Ability, the pace, never seen you better. <laughs> oh, well, my knee was sad. Otherwise, it was absolutely sore. It's only just coming right, mate. But honestly, you were running it down, bowling it down the, the, the pitch, swinging it about 300 metres. How'd you enjoy another <laughs> Black Clash? Yeah, that no, was good fun. I did sense that you weren't moving that well, big fella, and I just needed to get it wide. <laughs> the feet weren't going to move, were they? And so uh, you got to follow <laughs> no. with your hands. I, I, I was just lucky enough to get the edge, but uh, look, these this Juco crowd, they put on a good show, don't they? Um, five years now, and they keep the crowd keeps turning up, and great viewership, and it's just great to Why? Rugby, why? Like, I just can't understand why they come and watch. <laughs> oh, but, but, I mean, the product's not great. <laughs> the, uh, the, the standard's not right up there, but uh, look, the... Um, I think it's just entertainment, and I think there's mm. a lot to learn there for a lot of sports, you know, um, who struggle to pull a crowd. If it's uh, if you can make the occasion um, entertaining, then you'll get the punters along. Hey, Millsy, did you speak to his, to, uh, his old man, Pete, about how he likes to go fishing, did you? 
<laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Get his hands out there, eight feet. Just move his hands, leave the body behind. <laughs> Mate, what was your what was your plan? Like you you watched him um yeah. you know, he's obviously over the years goes right there. Daggy of the cricket. I was, I gotta say that swing you had on that ball, mate. You're still, you're still whipping it down there with plenty on it. What, what was your yeah. plan? What was your bowling plan to Daggy? Just to get to the other end, to be honest. So I'm not in great shape myself. Those, those in glass houses here at Old Dagger. But um, look, yeah. My, well, my first ball was a, a low full toss to Rito, and that got dispatched down the ground. But um, then it was just a matter of just getting the ball into the wicket. And, then I, and when I saw it started to swing, I thought, oh, okay, at least the uh, the swing gods are on my side for occasion, so uh, and it just helped to get Dagger out. Mate, let's be honest here. When you got turned down for probably the most plum LBW, it goes down as when I broke Flem's toe, the plumest <laughs> of all plums. Were you filthy? Were you angry? You know what? You sort of, um, part of me, I've got to keep up the persona of just being a grumpy cricketer, so that was, I picked that box. <laughs> <laughs> so it's amazing when you stop playing. Um, I don't know. I wonder what you boys think as well. You sort of you retire from sport, and I I kind of remember saying to myself that like all my competitive edge is just gone. It's going to disappear out of my body, and I feel for the most part it actually has. But on the odd occasion, <laughs> on the odd occasion, it rears its ugly head again. But I think I just saw the. Yeah, like you, mate, with Flemo, just knocking all three stunts out of the ground. And, and Billy Boy tells me, oh, it's just hitting league. And I say, well, mate, if it's hitting league, it's out. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Boy, Billy the Good, Billy Bowden, great to see him out there with your good mate, Chris Harris. Hey, uh, well, we're going to talk some, some actual cricket, and I know you're still a cricketing fan and a, and a fantastic fast bowler in his time. At the moment, there's been a lot of questions uh, about the Black Caps. The batting, I think, is quite... The shoot, they're pretty solid there, but the bowling, like we've lost Trent Bolt. Where do you see them there then making improvements tonight? Is it their bowling lengths? Is it their their partnerships? What is it for you for the Black Caps? Yeah, well, there's, there's some there's some young cattle out there, isn't there? And uh, playing in India um, in front of those sorts of crowds, there's, there's no tougher task in, in cricket, really. And so, young. I feel sorry for young Shitley, to be honest. To be to be thrown into the lion's den like that, it's always going to be going to be up against it. And uh, when you take Bolt out, Salvi out, um, Matt Henry, I think, is at home injured as well. Um, there's a whole lot of experience not there. And I think it's probably a bit of a um, a wake up call that you know our depth might not be where it possibly should be. We need to fast track some of these younger guys into um, international cricket. It's very much like your sports is. There's no tours anymore. It's just international cricket or domestic cricket. There's no tours to, to blood young cricketers. So um, but that doesn't help for anything tonight. The guys have got to, uh, you know, just really hit the lengths. Um, the fast bowlers, they need to bowl a lot straighter in the subcontinent. Um, and you sort of have your fielders straight, mid-iron and mid-off, nice and straight, cover mid-wicket nice and straight, you bowl straight, and you're asking the batter to hit around the front pad, basically. Um, and very much like Andy Ellis the other night, to have a choice dagger. But um, <laughs> the uh, the uh, and just try and bowl nice and straight and, and build pressure. Um, that's all you got to do and, and take early wickets. And if you can get early wickets in the Indian team, you're doing very well because, gee whiz, Shubman Gill, um, Rohit Sharma, and Derek Kohli as a top three is a, a pretty tough ask for any, for any international bowler. Hey M- Millsy, do you think there'll be any changes? Can you see any other bowl- uh, bowlers getting a run? Uh, no, I can't. I, I haven't taken a, a, a big dive into it, Kempi, but. Um, 
uh, no, no matter who goes out there, they just sort of you got to bowl as a group as well, Kempi, and I think that's really important. Um, you know, your last, for example, um, your last three balls, the last two balls of the over, you got to make them strong, and that helps the bowler at the other end. You know, if they can start well, that means you have you know five or six consecutive balls where there's no boundaries and a bit of pressure. Now, if each bowler has that mindset of building pressure and bowling um, for each other in the partnership, that's how that's another way you can build pressure because it can be pretty daunting. You know, taking the mentality you're out there by yourself and big crowd, hot conditions, flat wicket, you know, not much on your side. You really need your partners at the other end. And uh, so, whoever they put up tonight is, I think. That type of approach can go a long way. Mate, the conditions in, in India, you've played there plenty of times, you, you know better than anyone else. So what, what do they offer and what are the challenges for these bowlers? And how do you bowl against India, like Rohit Sharma and you've got Shubman Gill who well, blasted 200. So they're in, they're in positive form and they want to smash you in all parts of the, the park. So how do you approach it? Yeah, that, that's one of the, the, the big asks of a, a guy, young guy like Henry Shipley, who I think's got a, a, a lot of ability, and then he, he could go a long way in the game. But he's he's bowling New Zealand lengths. He's trying to bang the ball hard into the wicket, get good carry through to the keeper, because that's what's your condition to in, in this part of the world. That's a completely different approach over there, where you've got to bowl fuller, you've got to be hitting top of off stump, and you've got to be bowling straighter, and you've got to be making the batter play every ball. Um, if you can get into that type and, and see the field, you know, often we think as a bowler you need to swing the ball or steam the ball or, or, or turn the ball. But one of the biggest assets you can have is setting the right field. If you can set a really good field and, and bowl to that field, that, that is actually an, another skill set. And I think, um, you know, bowling in India, you've got to uh, jump into that approach as well. Uh, you don't get the pace and carry that you do with the wickets here. Yes, it's also very hot. Yes, you have. Um, sober, grown men dancing in the crowd, which is an unusual thing for any Kiwi to see because they're <laughs> in the crowd here. They're pretty different to the crowds over there, and it's uh, it's in- intense. And then you have the off the ball sort of stuff, the the food, and you know, just even getting to the ground can be a challenge at times. So, all those things are, are completely different from here. But if uh, if I can get into that approach of trying to build pressure to to, to your original question, Dagger, on Gill and, and Sharma and and Virat Kohli, it's just building pressure. Because the batter always has an approach that they've got to keep the run rate up, get the ball, um, mm. you know, get the scorecard ticking over. So you try and deny and take that away from them and try and play on their ego because they have that expectation of, of dominating this New Zealand side. Hey, Millsy, I'm just going to swing in an in uh, outswinger here. Just, uh, I'm in a medium pace. Just want to talk a little bit about the CBA and the NRL. I know you've um, you've had plenty of experience yourself with cricket. Have you been following that at all? And, and is there, if you have been, is there a likelihood of a strike? In the whole NRL? I haven't been following. I heard a, a brief headline yesterday, Kim. Are you going to just fill me in just quickly? Well, the the CBA, the the money side of it, the players are, are not happy with what the NRL have come up with, yeah. and there's, there's talk of a strike. Um, yeah. I, I know the Players Association and cricket and stuff like that. And, what what sort of you know what sort of uh, I guess future does that hold for the NRL if the players aren't happy? Yeah, look, I think it's uh, well, for one from a from a player's point of view. I think Dagger's been here as well. The players have got to got to hold strong and, and stay together um, mm. because it's all about what's um, fair and reasonable uh, for the establishment as well, but also the players. And if the players can can stay strong and get all the players are after is just fair conditions and, and what's right. Um, 
every sport and every game around the world is, is controlled by the broadcaster. And a lot of funds back into those establishments. And so if we can divvy, be divvied up to, a, to a, you know, a fair standard where the players get their, their fair cut of the pie, I think it'll be fine. And I, the players, at the end of the day, mate, no matter what sport, they want to go and play. Right? They just want to get out there and chuck the footy around and, and have a good time and, and entertain. Um, so that would never go away from the players. But I guess you're just asking for, from a collective something that, that's fair and reasonable. I know the, the, the fans and stuff get upset with this stuff at times and um, because some of the fans come from a different era and that creates a lot of, lot of headlines, I guess. But um, I think at the end of the day, everyone takes the approach that the boys do want to get out there, <laughs> but they're just asking for some mm. fair conditions, just like any, any working sector a, across the globe. You know, you see it all the time. We saw it recently with the firefighters here in New Zealand. So all they're after is just fair and reasonable conditions. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um... Uh, Millsy, appreciate your, your honest answer there, mate. Just quickly before we let you go, a message has come through from Neil regarding the Black Caps have Doug Bracewell on tour and not use. So potentially, it reminds me a bit by yourself, he can swing it, he can move the ball off the seam. He getting a chance? Yeah, well, he's, he, all, all Bracewells are pretty tough as well, aren't they, as well? So mm. um, he, he's played in those conditions be, before. Um, I think we just, because with the World Cup being in the subcontinent at the back end of this year, um, I think the select, Gary Stead and the selectors probably have got a good understanding of what Dougie Bracewell can bring to the party. Um, so it's mm. probably more those younger guys who are trying to test them out in those conditions and see what they can do. Because they will have a squad of 15 I need to, to pick in September for, for that tour. Uh, so being 2-0 down, um, I, I, it's probably a really good opportunity to keep giving these younger guys a go, to be honest. Beautiful, mate. And last one, Smithy yesterday was massive on his sermon. New Zealand cricket needs to beg and do anything possible for Trent Bolt to play in the World Cup to have any chance. Do you see that happening? Yeah, I do. Yeah, absolutely I do. We've got to have him over there. We, uh, so we've had a, a brilliant cricketing nation in the last um, six to eight years, haven't they? And it's like no coincidence the same time I retired that the team got a lot better. But, um, <laughs> but uh, they've been magic. We've been blessed with cricketers. You know, if you went down into one of our all-time great sides, Salvi, Bolt, Kane, they're, they're all playing now. So we don't have the depth of these other countries, of India and um, you know, and Australia as well. So when our big boys are available, I think we've, we've got to take them. Um, and it's probably the last time that all three of them will be at a World Cup as well. So uh, I, I can only imagine he'll be playing. We'll be, we'll be fools not to play. Yeah, but I think you did right there. We need to blood some of these younger players because they're not going to be around for forever. As we all know, our time comes and it goes. So appreciate your honest uh, feedback and uh, you can get out of here now, mate, for doing that to me on the weekend. <laughs> I appreciate you, appreciate you coming on, Millsy. Cheers, boys. Go well. Thank you. There you go, Cole Mills. And I have to say, he had probably the best footwear ever out there in the Black Clash. <laughs> he was running, I think he was running Air Force Ones, Nikes with sprigs on them, little spikes. So he looked the part, but I loved his honest uh, chat regarding the Black Caps, Kempe. And we talk about it always, pathways, blooding young players. Mm. Bring back the old tours when these younger players got to experience tours in these conditions over in India, Sri Lanka, you know, the West Indies, which offer... A totally different style. Shipley, he's been in New Zealand trying to bang it in the pitch over in India is what they love. And you saw Rohit Sharma and Shubman Gill, what they did to these bowlers.
Wasn't it was a pretty watch if you're a cricketing fan, but it wasn't a good watch if you're a bowler seeing the ball sail over your head. Yeah, no, you're dead right. I was just talking about those tour- tours, and he picked it too, mate. You know, like rugby, rugby league. We none of us are, are getting that experience anymore. And if we don't have the local competitions being being able to blood them to that standard, mate, we're always going to be behind the eight ball. So um, interesting to hear him talk about who he thinks may get a start and um, where they need to go in the future having been there and done that. It's, yeah, I reckon we picked that at the end of last year, didn't we, about New Zealand cricket. Um, yep, they might be in for a little bit of a, a tough time of late. Yep, for sure, mate. Well, coming up, we're going to talk to Paulie Moati because yesterday it was Wellington anniversary day and uh, Paulie doesn't get out of bed when he has a day off. So he was away and he's back to talk about some TAB updates for us. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Welcome back. It's time for our TAB Live Update. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. We gave him a call yesterday not knowing that it's another day off for Paulie Mowate, and he's here, the parte. How you doing, Paulie? Yes, welcome back, boys. Good to have you back on board again. It's great to be back. Great to be back, Paulie. How have you been, my friend? How was your summer? You get a bit of time off? Another day off? <laughs> yeah, I had a couple of days off over the uh, Christmas New Year period, but uh, we're right back into it again. Of course, Karaka Million Night uh, last Saturday. We've got oh, Wellington Cup smiling. coming up this Saturday. <laughs> yeah, the bookies uh, they're, they're fairly pretty pretty happy at the moment. So um, the sun's shining again down here in Wellington, as it usually does. Um, and we're I guess we're moving into the business end of the Australian Open. I bet. I bet you've got a lot of promotions in play for the Aussie Open. Who's the fa- Anyone going to knock over the Joker? You saw the NFL yesterday. The Bills going down. The America's team, the Cowboys, gone sinking again. Can you? What do you got for us, bud? Yeah, oh, well, um, in terms of the men's side uh, of the Australian Open, uh, it's very hard to go past uh, Djokovic, even with that uh, little hamstring uh, strain that he had that didn't seem to pose him any problems last night. Uh, he was very, very good there winning through. It's the woman's side of the draw that um, holds a lot of interest because mm. it's fairly wide open there. We've got Sabalenka uh, as our favourite to win the a Women's Australian Open at $2.80. Um, but the best backed of the uh, eight remaining players is Jessica Pagula at $3.60, currently on the second line of betting in that Australian Open outright winner market. She has had a lot of support. Um, Reba Kina, third favourite with us at three seventy-five. Um, and I'm just having a look. It looks like Reba Kina is playing this afternoon as well in her quarterfinal matchup against Yelena Ostapenko. Reba Kina is a dollar forty-four. Ostapenko two seventy. We've had fifty-five percent of the turnover in that head-to-head market is on Reba Kina, forty-five percent on Yelena Ostapenko, uh, and then later on tonight, uh, Sebastian Corder, uh, the brother of uh, what was it Jessica and Nelly, uh, he's a slight favourite up against Karen. Kachanov, he's a dollar seventy-two. Sebastian Corda comes in off some pretty good form. Uh, Kachanov mm. is at two dollars and eight cents. Um, and then I'm having a look at 
Later on tonight, oh, Victoria Azarenka, who has been burning the midnight oil. She gets another late match. Uh, she's a $2.95 outsider against Jessica Pagula at $1.37. Most of the money there going with the favourite Jessica Pagula. Lots of nice juicy odds there, Paulie. Hey, quickly, just before I let you go, uh, any yep. chance getting a power play on Al Sheikh Sharok's three runners down in the Wellington uh, Cup this weekend? <laughs> power play, first, second, third. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll save the boys. You want an Al Sharok trifecta in the Wellington Cup? Uh, let's see what you can come up with. I'm sure you boys are smart enough to come up with a decent power play down there for us. I'll, I'll pass it on to the bookies. I'm sure they can come up with something. Uh, they've got a bit of cash uh, in the bank at the moment. So, yeah, yeah we'll they? see what we can do. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, is, uh, Plenty ladies' man still the favourite there in the Wellington Cup? Ladies man, Wasaki second second favourite, uh, second or third favourite, and you've got South Road there rolling around the back there with juicy odds, so you'll come up with something nice for us just to have a little tickle with, won't you, surely? Yeah, yeah I'm sure the boys can come up with something. Awesome. Great to hear from you, Paulie Moati. We'll catch up with you tomorrow, mate. That was our TAB live update with Paulie. Promotions in play in hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit TAB. .co.nz, please gamble responsibly. R18. Coming up, we got Louis Headlines with Gull. But before then, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota, building and shaping the future. SCNZ, we are 27 minutes away from 9am this morning. Right. We'll get through a couple of sports headlines from around the world with Gull fueling your mission all year round. Pop into your local for some good value. Value fuel. Gull.nz. Jeez. <laughs> There's been some tongue twisters this morning. Hey, Neeps, even those those live reads this morning. Yeah, Kimpy had a good couple of tongue twisters this morning. Yeah, it was a good you, one. I thought, you, I thought you guys were setting me up again. <laughs> Yeah, it's real good. <laughs> Big bangers. Uh, Andrew Webster's hoping it's not a setup, Kempi, is he? He's hoping that this is the dream job for him. He's talking about squad depth when you caught up with him uh, later last week. Hey, Webby, just about the depth, mate. You know, like you've got a good 13 out there by the looks of it. Your squad looks a little bit thin from there on. Are you happy with it? Um, depth wise, look, we're, we're, we're happy. I'm not one of those guys who are going to sit there and say, we're rebuilding. I said that from work go. Like, we're here to win from day one. Um, and we're just here to win as many games. We're not setting goals or boundaries. We're going to win the grand final. We're going to do this. That's everyone's goal. You know, there's no one in our real team that doesn't have that same same thing. So I'm happy with the squad. I think the big thing for us is we're to create belief in ourselves that it doesn't matter who you are and you wear that jersey, you're good enough to wear it. And the NRL preseason is just starting to heat up. Lots and lots of footage, information coming up from around the traps. Uh, the Australian Open, well, I got blown wide open on the women's side of the draw when Iga Schwartek got bundled out in straight sets, as did Coco Goff. Jessica Pagula has to be the favourite now, the third seed. She plays Victoria Azarenka tonight. On the men's side of the draw today, we have... Mm, Karen Kashinov against Sebastian Korda and Tsitsipas versus Leheka and somebody came through earlier saying they got Leheka at about $185 or $176 $10 on Jiddy Leheka Ryan good on you mate ride that absolutely ride it Uh, and then just bits and bobs but a pretty quiet Tuesday to be honest is he? Beautiful Louis yeah Andrew Webster saying 
Oh, pretty on the money there with his conversation with you, Kempi. Um, you know, just saying all the right messages, but belief is, is key. If you don't believe you should be there or believe you can, can do the job, then you shouldn't be in that, in that environment. And he's saying the right things. Yeah, look, I, look, I like Webby. I think he's uh, he's... What he isn't doing is he's not shirking away from his duty, mate. You know, he's up front. I've had oh, two or three really good conversations with him already. Um, he had a, had a bit of a giggle when he knew that I was at the comp, the, the the conference there, the the media conference, and um, I just like the way he's just direct. You know, he's not he's not he's not shirking any of the conversation, mate. They are thin on the ground. When you do look at their thirteen, you look at their seventeen. Like like a lot of um, teams, even even the Dolphins who are going to be running around the first time this year, they look good. But once you go underneath that, it starts to become a bit thin. And as we know in the NRL, you go through a heap of injuries during the season. So it's going to be big for him this year. I think injuries. He wants to. Uh, I don't know. He wants to you know open up his universe and hope that he doesn't get him to key players because we lose a couple of key players. Uh, I think we're back up struggle street. But if we get them fit and keep them on the pitch in those key positions, uh, mate, he, he, might, he might have a have a run at the eight. He might just have a run at the eight. Well, they're lacking size, Kempi. They're lacking size. They've released a few props. So they, you just heard Andrew McFadden talking about uh, Tapal and potentially chasing him. He's obviously signed elsewhere. And uh, so what are the props ranks like is there options out there someone that you'd be encouraged by if they sign them on well big big front rowers are, are worth their weight in gold and losing Murdoch Masala is a big loss you know and everyone knows that and and I asked him that question as well and he they're in the market you know and that's what Andrew McFadden said on the show um, yesterday with with uh, with Kirsten Beeve so you know they looked at Marty Tapo and, and unfortunately he decided to go to Brisbane all talk was he's head to Parramatta so, um, you know, this time of year, mate, players are starting to jockey for positions and you're going to get some unhappy players and they've just freed up, I think it's three spots within their 30. So I mean, they'll sign someone, I guarantee it. Might be a young up-and-coming front, front row, but they'll be definitely looking for someone with size because they do look lean and they do look like they need someone with a bit, bit of extra size in that forward pack. Well, the best thing about that, Kempi, when the announcements are made... Live here on SCNZ because we're direct partners with the One Warriors and we love that exclusive access. So uh, stay tuned and no doubt you'll get plenty of updates regarding the Warriors. A couple of messages here on the Temper Bed Post text machine, double eight, double three. Well, I spoke about my E, my knee in Izzy's bomb squad. Knees are such a stress, Izzy. Dropping things on the floor is very annoying. When they roll under a piece of furniture, it's a nightmare. Don't be 54 and relying on a grabby stick or a long wooden spoon to retrieve stuff you drop or looking for socks under the bed. Kempi is right. Do the surgery, rehab, and get back to being a horsey ride. That was from an unknown message. Appreciate your call. Uh, text message on the temper text machine. Another one here. Don't forget, fellas, this is regarding Razor. Earlier on the show, we spoke about Razor and what he's going to do. Don't forget, fellas, the Old Boys Association. A huge on appointing the understudy to the coach. Hanson after Henry, Foster after Hanson. So going off that, I think the odds on favourite would be Joe Smith, unless he's already said he doesn't want the job. Brad, well, I don't know if he said he doesn't want the job, and there's only a reason he's come in, potentially take over. So that's another one that's thrown his hat in the ring. 
Appreciate it, Brad. And just quickly before we shoot off, Happy New Year, team. How could they not choose the most successful Super Rugby coach? It would say more about the inadequate thinking of the NZRU as opposed to Razor's ability. That is from Megan. There you go. Super Rugby's most successful coach straight to the top. It's his to lose, or is it not? Appreciate the messages. We're going to shoot off, and we're going to come back, because we've got a bat our work servo that Louis has whipped up for Kempi and myself, a work survey. So this could get <laughs> interesting. Oh, good tune to get me through the end of the show. Yep, coming up, we're going to catch up with Smithy and see what he's got coming up for the next three hours. No doubt we have some good points, a Smithy sermon, and some great guests. But Great before guest. then, we're going to throw to Louie because he's whipped up a return to work survey, Louie. What do you got? Yeah, no, I have. It's, it kind of feels like one of those, um, you know, you do an exit you, you do an exit interview and then an entry. Is that, a, is that a sporting thing? Do you guys have to do that at your clubs? Oh, yeah. Previews, reviews, <laughs> review do, the You year. do an entry yep. and then you just get the, <laughs> you just get the letter C of all you're done. <laughs> Yeah, if you still go next year, you do a review of the year or review of the holiday or review something. Uh, we forgot to do the exit the exit survey. Um, so this is just the entry survey. So it's the return to work survey. Please select the number that best reflects your answer. One being the lowest, five mm. being the highest score. Okay? So one yep. to five. Uh, did you have a nice holiday, Kimby? Hundred percent. I gave myself a four. It would have been a five, except on Christmas Day, my mum went into hospital, and I had to do a couple mm. of trips back down to Taranaki to see if she was okay. Apart from that, Izzy, I had an absolute ball, absolute ball. beautiful. I'm the I'm the same, Kimpy Louie. I'm four. Oh, look, I went to Gizzy, beautiful part of the world. Had the best. I spoke about it yesterday. The kids, the memories we created, but the weather was. Poor, so that's why I haven't gone five. Four for me, Louis. Well, let, let me skip the skip the survey then and go down to the question: How many liters of rain did you enjoy? But from one to, to five, <laughs> five, five, <laughs> five hundred million liters in Gizzy, I must say. Wow, we. Oh, did you get trapped in any of that rain down there, Izzy? No, but the day I flew out was the cyclone. Mm. So I was thinking, please don't lock me here. I love my family and in-laws and everything, but three weeks. Woo wait. I was one car Get I was one car home. I was one car behind a slip on the Brendurns and just got through before they closed the road. So uh, that was the same day you flew out uh, on my way back to uh, Auckland from up up north. So, yeah, mate, we had plenty of rain, Louis. Plenty. It was. And it's coming good now. It's so hot at the moment. I think you, your observation from start of the show is bang on, Kempi. February's going to be a ripper. <laughs> uh, was Santa kind to you? Ooh. Santa was kind to me. Yeah, yeah. Not, not like your, 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 your expensive... Um, Gifts, but really awesome, like nice, thoughtful gifts. I got. I, I, th- I never thought I'd say this. I got Crocs, boys. Are you a Croc fan out there? I never thought in my live streams I'd be wearing Crocs, but I'm wearing Crocs, and I love them. They're comfy, and they're just everyday footwear. And I, Aren't yeah. Like, here's a story. Neeps, were you wearing Crocs at Rhythm of Vines? Because I've seen they were had a Croc tent there, and if you wore Crocs, you got to go on the Croc tent. 
Daggy, I've been, I'm so happy you've brought this up. I've been a Croc advocate for five years now. I've been wearing a pair of Star Wars Crocs for four and a half, and I just got a new pair for Christmas as well. Free giblets at the R&V tent, brother. <laughs> Are there they actually go. good? How do your knees feel? Is he? Yeah, really good. Really good. They've got a lot of cushioning underneath, so I need plenty of cushioning, but they're good. And they can go into sports mode, so you just pull the straps over the back, and then you're, yeah, you got speed. Yeah. You're good. I got spoiled, Louie. <laughs> my, my daughter actually bought me a bottle of champagne, which is a first, absolute first. Um, and I, I don't know, you guys know that clothing brand Stolen, um, Stolen Girlfriends? Yeah. Yep. Mate, yep. they got some gear, Izzy. Oh, I got a little bit of gear mm. from there too, which I absolutely love at the moment. Oh. Me and my daughter, oh, we love yeah, that yeah. gear. So, okay. um, yeah, did I get sport? Yeah, mate. So Santa was kind to you. So, you what, so, so can I just get the numbers? Because remember, this is uh, one and five. I got uh, four. Four. Okay. How much red meat did you eat? One, two, three, four, five. Five. <laughs> one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, we have a vegan in the house, so uh, I don't eat nowhere near as much uh, red meat as I used to. Or I want to over the Christmas period. So, may I was in lamb I, on the spit, I had, brother. Oh, I saw that picture. I was so envious. You know, a lamb on the spit. When you're talking about home kill chops, I was like, mm. next Christmas, quick visit. How much red wine did you drink? One, one. Yeah, I didn't drink too much red wine. No. Yeah, uh, yeah, not too much. Nah, well, rosé. Plenty of beersies. <laughs> rosé is kind of half, I guess. It's yeah, like well, a half yeah. a point. Five. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, how many times? Now, I feel like I've, we've already had this answered today, but, you know, why uh, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I know I'm a five, but this isn't, this isn't an entry <laughs> survey for me. How many times did you open your TAB account? Five. Oh, okay. <laughs> five. I only recently put a limit on, oh. but uh, five. Definitely. I went to the lake, no service up there, so I had to put a wee multi on uh, for for the New Year's Day races. But, yeah, I was about a five. Always checking. Yeah, I'm a one because I've actually – I went real quiet over the Christmas period. When Cinerama retired, <laughs> I decided to, to retire my TAB account for the Christmas period. So it didn't mean that I didn't watch any races, Louis. I watched them all. I just didn't have a punt. Why'd you put this in, Louis? Oh, I don't know. It seemed kind of apt. I mean, I, I know Kempi's a one. Actually, Kempi doesn't qualify. How many runs did in the Black Clash did you score? <laughs> one. <laughs> one great run, though. Yeah, yeah. One great run. Yeah, it was. It hit my pad and my bat, but I'm happy I got a bat. Bat on ball. Uh, yeah. Here you go. Bat on ball. I was, telling, I was telling him yesterday, Louis, that it's the first time I've, I've really watched it, and, mate, I was impressed. Like, with with everything, this the way that the effort and the crowd and actually how everyone in New Zealand's bought into it. Yeah, like they don't go out there and muck around, and I'm you know, and they actually they don't want to lose the Black Caps. No, no. They and they've taken the overall lead, haven't they? Mm. Well, that in, a, that in itself, like only only they should be five nil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they should. You're right, Kimpy. Uh How many lawns did you guys mow between one and five? <laughs> one, five. What did you? One what, is one. Just... I only mowed my father-in-law's once, so one. Oh, I think that's a <laughs> give yourself a two then, is he? Because how many do you usually mow? Oh. None. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you currently training the house down? Two. 
Yeah, I'll be I'll be I'll be two two point five. Okay, <laughs> two. we can ease our way into that. Uh, did you enjoy your alarm yesterday morning? Minus six. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even go off. I was up at two. Couldn't um, go to sleep. Didn't want to miss the. Didn't want to miss the taxi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that's that's the entry survey, guys. Uh, good to have you back. Sounds like you had a good break. Uh, plenty of water. Uh, plenty of rosé. Plenty of meat. And plenty of laughs. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Good break. Great break, Louis. Appreciate it. It's good to be back here, though, talking all things sport. And some Ian's come through quickly. Dagger, I watched the first three episodes of Breakpoint last night. Fire out. Kyrgios is out the gate, chap. Yes, he is. Go watch it. If you haven't, it's on Netflix. And you won't be disappointed. Smithy, catch up coming up.